Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald, and I will be your host as we continue on this exploration of all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back, everyone. Here we are in the casita. It's happening. It's real. <laughs> My partner Dylan and I have been working on this creative space for a while. It was a shed and now it's a real room. It's not fully 100% set up yet. This is, you know, kind of a raw version of it at this point. And I'm actually sitting on the floor <laughs> for audio purposes. Um, but it's coming along so well. And this process with the casita and, and with this podcast and with some upcoming projects I have has really got me thinking a lot about the process of learning and the process of creating. And now I've also been thinking about the process of creating because I've been reading the book, Your Life as Art by Robert Fritz. And I'll tell you, you know, I, some books I just really deeply read and immerse myself in as if I'm reading them with a fine tooth comb. But this book is one that I've read before, actually about two years ago this time, which is interesting. And this time I'm just going through it very lightly, skimming, gathering pieces here and there that I find valuable. And there's these two notes that basically I feel like I could do an episode each on that I think about a lot that tie into learning, creating, all of it. One is be the vessel. This is a phrase that I kind of happened on in my coaching world. It's possible I heard somebody else say it, or I heard somebody else describe this idea. And I landed on this phrase, be the vessel, but it's one that myself and, and my dear friend, who's also a coach, use quite a bit with one another. We remind each other of that. And be the vessel basically means rather than thinking, specifically in coaching, we'll use that example because it's so nice and concrete, rather than thinking that you are the, the source of the ideas, the inspiration, the aid, the support that that person that you're working with as a coach might need. See yourself more as the vessel that what, what they need is something bigger than what you can offer. And that your role is really to be the vessel for those insights, for that love, for that light, for that support to shine through. And this idea really for me, underscores the importance of kind of getting out of the way, right? It's not me, not to take it, per, like, it's like, don't make it about you, right? It's not me. It's not my personal magic. If any part of me should get credit, it's my ability to get out of the way. It's my ability to just let, you know, let, and, and me or my, I'm, I'm really, I guess I'm describing the ego, right? It's like that ego or self-important part to get out of the way and just to let whatever wants to come through to come through. And one of the things that I've loved about this emphasis on be the vessel is that one, it just feels like everything 
is much more surprising and even magical. When I stop controlling the ideas, the narrative, the situation, then I'm open to inspiration. I'm open to new ideas. It's like it, it shifts my senses out of, out of mm, anticipating what I want to find, you know, and looking for what I want to find, having already decided what that is to then just being instead being deeply open, deeply receptive. It reminds me of the difference between kind of listening where you're planning what you want to say and listening in this deeply open kind of blank slate state where you're listening so deeply that you're open to be changed by what you hear. You're open to really be impacted by what you receive, by what you hear, what you feel from that person. And so much of coaching is in dialogue, right? So listening is a big part of it. I think it makes sense that that would carry over so well. And so, yeah, as a coach listening to shift out of, oh no, I need to fix this or I need to help this person or any of that, which, you know, there can be almost a sense of responsibility. I think a lot of coaches can have, and a lot of humans can have just in their day-to-day life of like, I gotta, I gotta do the right thing. or I gotta do, I got, I'm the one who has to do it versus opening up to the bigger support that I really do feel is here for all of us. And that bigger sense of being the vessel for whatever life is ready to bring through us. And so it really applies to coaching, but I also see how it applies to life itself and the creative process. I know Julia Cameron, who I've mentioned before on the podcast, the author of The Artist's Way, who is a very prolific creator herself, she often talks about this idea of being the vessel, letting, and maybe once again, not in those terms, but this idea of letting God and his or hers or who, you know, whoever, (laughs) however you see God, um, but she does use the word God, shine light shine creative energy through you that you get to be a window of that and so the creative process isn't isn't so much of a a doing it's almost like a receiving of a transmission and i love that idea and i think that it sounds cool (laughs) but then to actually engage with it to actually feel into what that dance is like what it's like to step out of the way to just be the vessel and to kind of witness and, and delight in what wants to come through, whether it's inspired speech, inspired action, but to, to get to bear witness to that and then, you know, do it is, is kind of a magical experience. So that's one thing that I see in the process of learning and the process of creating. And the other thing that I see a lot um, and think about a lot is valuing the incremental. This is something, oh, I, part of why I wanted to talk about this specifically and, and being the vessel today is I feel like it's something I really need to hear this idea of valuing the incremental of valuing all those little teeny tiny steps that lead us to where we want to go. And there's so many ways to value the incremental, you know, there's the very old and, and, um, familiar phrase, life, what, oh, now I forget it. <laughs> what is it? Life, 
It's about the journey. Life is about the journey is the destination. There it is. I got there. Thanks for hanging in there with me. (laughs) The journey is the destination that, you know, to try to enjoy the process as much as possible rather than get so future tripped out into, you know, what hasn't even been here yet, what hasn't even happened yet, that you're just focused on the destination to, to enjoy the process. So there's enjoying each step, which is beautiful. But I also think for me, part of what I mean by value the incremental is literally that is valuing it, acknowledging the steps. And I think for me, it can be kind of bolstering to realize, oh, right, I'm here because of all those little steps I took. And I'll get to the next place because of all the little steps I'm taking now. And I think it's so valuable, especially to remember like, Maybe not all the steps are as satisfying as others, but they're all part of this bigger tapestry that helps create what we desire. And I think the incremental, it's something that I love thinking about in terms of nature. Like, you know, a river is made up of all of those, you know, drops of water, of rain that have washed across the landscape. You know, all those little incremental drops of rain become a river, which becomes the source of so much support for life to flourish. Or, you know, a garden that's beautiful and and overflowing with flowers and plants, it's made up of each little petal, each little leaf is what creates that beautiful landscape. Each blade of grass in a field is necessary. All those increments, all those parts together become something so profound. So those are some themes that I want to play with here. They're definitely both themes, be the vessel and value the incremental. Those are two things that I plan to circle back on because they're so juicy. But let's take a little break. Let me read you a short Love Letter Haiku from, let's see, what day is this from? Oh, I do not know. One second. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. August 14th, 2020. Loving is easy. Like the sunrise every day. My love shines on you. A fun one. Hmm. So, in his book, Your Life as Art, Robert Fritz spends quite a bit of time in the later parts of the book. I'm here on page 201, talking about your life as a learner. And I think that learning and creativity are so intertwined. And I think that learning is one of the great pleasures in life. It's something that I've experienced directly because I love learning. If that wasn't clear already with all the books that I voraciously consume. Um, But it's also something that was pointed out to me by, I believe, a book called Choice Theory that I've never read, but my mom read. And she talked about how um, part of what humans need to experience fun, to experience joy in their lives is learning. Learning is supposed to be fun. It is fun for us. And so 
I, I love learning. And I, I love that Robert Fritz spends time in his book here talking about the learning process. And I think that the learning process maps quite well onto the creative process. And so he breaks it down into different parts. He talks about one, be open Two, set up tension. And he has that really means something in his whole world. Um, three, be in the unknown. Four, don't stop. And I, I, I actually, I know this isn't necessarily what he's asking us to do here, but I love the idea of applying those things to not just learning, but creating. Be open, right? That reminds me of be the vessel, right? It's like be open. He has a quote here. Well, I'm just reading from his book here. Imagine you have a CB radio. It sounds like some kind of old technology I never experienced, but but you have the talk button locked on send. So a CB radio, I think that's where you can both send signals and receive them, which is so fun to talk about on a Love Signals podcast, radio signals. <laughs> so imagine you have a CB radio, but you have the talk button locked on send. You are broadcasting, not receiving. One way of being open is to be in the receiving position. Wow, I love that. You may ask yourself questions like, what do I need to learn? How can I develop? What are my next steps? What do I need to change about myself? And then listen for the answer. That reminds me of some of the ideas I shared in my last episode about gratitude, about how there's this practice of... um, kind of asking the divine or, or maybe asking your higher self or asking God for support and asking questions and then kind of seeing what answers find you after you ask those questions. And you can journal out the answers or you can just kind of be receptive to them. Reminds me of that. He continues here. These types of questions are both questions and announcements. The content of the questions is clear and direct. The announcement you are making is, please understand I am willing to learn whatever I need to learn. And that to me, ah, it relates so much to learning, but also to creativity of like, I'm here, I'm willing to, to become aware of what I need to know to guide me to create whatever I'm meant to create now. So that's part one, be open. Then two, set up tension. Now this ties into something I was talking about, I think in the last episode of the way that he talks about in the creative process to mm, be aware of where you're at now, like objectively, honestly aware of what current reality is. So for example, if you're a painter, your current reality might be when you're about to start a painting, I have a blank canvas in front of me and all of my paints in their tubes. I haven't decided on a color palette yet. I haven't, you know, brought any of the paints out. I haven't sketched anything on the canvas. And so your objective reality might be, I have time, I have supplies, and maybe I have an idea, right? I have an idea that I want it to be a tree. (laughs) I want it to be a painting of a tree, right? That could be your objective reality of where you are at in the moment. And then to get clear on where do you want to go? And that clarity about where you want to go might be a feeling you want to have at the end, I know for me often when I create, it's more like I just want to play with colors and I want to, like for me, the, the experience of being present with certain colors while I create visual art is really important. And then I also want to 
feel a certain way when I look at the piece of art at the end of like maybe whatever the emotion is, you know, maybe it's like a sense of wholeness or content. And then I'm kind of curious to see what will come from that. Or maybe more specifically, when I have a more specific idea, I'll imagine that I want to have it be a very accurate depiction of you know, a beloved family cat or a beloved friend, or I want it to, you know, really make me remember a specific landscape I saw. So that could be like the, the, that's the tension basically of where you want to go and where are you now? And once you get clear on those two things, even if the quote unquote clarity of where you want to go is more of a feeling than a specific, super detailed outcome. Just having, you know, those two parts, where am I now? Where do I want to get to? Allows you to create this tension. And he talks about, I love this so much too, because I've actually heard, I'll mention somebody else I've heard talk about this, but he says, asking the types of questions listed above and not trying to answer them with your own opinions sets up tension. Think of it as if you had a search engine in your mind. Once you ask these types of questions, your mind begins to access all the data banks to find the answers. You are doing your job by establishing the tension and the mind is doing its job by getting your answer. The most powerful motivation for learning is when it is generated by tension, by structural tension. And so Jim Quick, who's an incredible educator, he teaches people how to learn, how to learn better, how to read better, how to remember things better. He's an incredible author and teacher. His last name is spelled K-W-I-K. And he talks about how one of the best ways to get more out of anything you read, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is to kind of ask yourself questions of like, what do I, what do I want to learn from this book? You know, what, what, what uh, questions am I looking to answer? What questions will be answered by reading this book? So, you know, if it's fiction, it could be like, ooh, you know, what's, what's this person's history that makes them not want to go in the ocean or something? Or if it's nonfiction, it'd be like, ooh, how, how does this person help people manage their time better. Like what are, what are the main steps and how could those apply to my life? Right? So asking questions, it creates the way Jim Quick describes it. And I love this because it's, I feel like it speaks to this language of tension. It creates an open loop and the brain doesn't like open loops. It wants to close the loop. He even referenced once, um, a study that they did of, I think it was wait, waiters and waitresses how they could remember so many orders, just the most detailed orders, right? Of, of a whole table or even multiple tables before they go back to the kitchen to put the order in. And that it's only, I think it was only after they had delivered the food, delivered whatever it was that the person had ordered, that it basically just goes away from their mind because it's like the loop is closed and they could remember so much. Their brain could hold so many things and, and keep track of, okay, we need this and this, 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 this. But then once the loop was closed, they freed up that space again. They moved on. 
And I think our mind works in this way. And it's like, we're always creating some amount of tension and then we're creating, and then we, then we arrive at where we want to be next. But then usually along that process, more desire, more, more tension has been set up of other things we want to create. This is fun. I'm going to tell you guys something really fun here. I am going to be writing a book this fall. I signed up for a wonderful course called the tiny book course by Alex Franzen and her, her co-creator of it is Lindsay. I forget her last name, but it starts this Monday. So I will have started it by the time you all are hearing this. I'm recording this on a Sunday and, oh, it's very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. And I can really feel how, you know, this kind of woven overlapping experience of, you know, the, the desire to create something, the, the desire to learn something too. I think so often those go hand in hand for me. For example, the desire to learn about what self-love letters could do for me led to this desire to like, Oh, I want to do more with this. I want to, I want to do something else. And then it, it created this vision of the podcast. And then as I lived into that even more, I think maybe even before the podcast started, I got excited about like, wait, I want to write a book too. Like that's another aspect of this. That's another creation. That's another thing I want to learn about. And so here I am living into this whole, um, incremental living, breathing, dynamic process of creation where I keep coming back into the moment, seeing, okay, where am I now? <laughs> where do I want to go? And I keep riding that tension. So that was a fun side note. And I've been wanting to announce that I'm writing a book to you all for a while now. And that was the right spot. Here we, it happened. <laughs> I'll talk about it more in future episodes. So he goes on. So right, we've covered be open, set up tension. Then the last two are be in the unknown. And he shares, you can't teach anyone anything if they think they already know the answer. I've heard a really beautiful, I think it's like a Zen koan or something about this, or just a story of, um, you know, a student comes to this Zen master and says, oh, you know, teach me everything, teach me everything. And here's, here's all the things I already know. And I know about this and I know about that. And, and the teacher doesn't say anything, I believe. And he goes and he gets a pot of tea and two cups and he fills up the student's cup and he fills it all the way to it being full. And then he keeps going and the student says, Oh no, you know, master, you're, you're filling it too far. That's it's overflowing. No more tea can fit in there. And the teacher stops and he says, I cannot fill a cup that is already filled, your cup must be empty for it to be filled with something new, basically. And he's talking about how, and this is something that's very present in the world of Buddhism and kind of the Zen philosophies of um, beginner's mind, you know, being in that don't know mind is another thing. And I know Byron Katie talks about that being in the don't know mind is such a powerful place to be. And this, this also ties into be the vessel in my mind, right? It's um, this idea of rathery, ra rathery, ooh, that's a new word, 
rather than jumping in with what you think is the answer, what you think should happen, to just be in the unknown and be open. Just like, just hang out there. And, and in my mind, sometimes, because I love knowing, I love, you know, kind of being the taskmaster, handling all the parts, figuring it out. So for me, sometimes I've had to kind of tease myself into this place by just saying, well, what if I just hung out in the space of not knowing, not deciding, not coming to a conclusion for just a little bit, you know, half an hour, the rest of today. I don't have to stay there forever. What if I just let myself hang out there for a little bit? (laughs) I love this so much. I'm going to read more of what he said about that because it's short and sweet. Even if you think you've resolved these questions, go back to school, as it were. Become a student. Decide where you stand in terms of learning. Whatever life has to teach you, instead of being in the know, be in the unknow, is how he puts it. It will make your learning easier. And then the final part is don't stop. And this, once again, wow, how interesting. This reminds me of the incremental, don't stop. And set up tension actually does too, because you're setting up tension. You kind of have to observe reality now, right? And then observe what you want. And then you kind of basically start to move along the incremental steps of that. So it's interesting, this, this learning process he describes kind of oscillates between or, or alternates between being the vessel and valuing the incremental, in my mind at least, which is an insight I didn't expect when I gathered all these materials today. I love that. I love discovering things while I record. <laughs> so the final step, don't stop. I'll read what he says here. Learning, especially in this form, is an ongoing lifetime process. Don't stop learning once you have had your first few lessons. Dedicate yourself to being a student. Let the teachings come. Let them enrich and add to your life. I love that so much. It's just so, so beautiful to me. Because once again, I really do see creating and learning as um, deeply intertwined. Be open, set up tension, be in the unknown or the unknown, and don't stop. I really do see that four-step process as something that can create so many things. It can create knowledge. Maybe, maybe learning is a form of creation. <laughs> Never thought of it quite that way. But I really, I hope that I am able to, in the coming months, as I embark on this journey of not just writing a book, but also publishing it, um, I really hope that I'm able to come back to these two, these two pieces and that four-step rhythm. Maybe I'll write it down on a beautiful piece of paper. But I really do want to, rather than, it's, it's like I can feel it so much in my body, like rather than shouldering all that weight of all the things that I think should happen and what I should do and how it needs to be and all that pressure, all, all of that, right? Rather than that, when I come back to be the vessel and to emphasizing that, I feel like, oh, I don't have to carry it all on my shoulders, actually. I'm not even meant to. I'm meant to be more in flow, more in dance, be, be open to what's ready to come. And 
and to value each step of what that looks like, the moments of clarity, the moments of ambiguity, all of it all along the way. How wonderful. I'd like to read one more love letter to you all because one short one just doesn't feel like enough. And uh, I like this one. I, I felt like it tied in well to today's theme. <laughs> it's another unabashedly loving one, but you know, here we are. The, I'm reading you all self-love letters. So if, uh, if, if hearing me talk about how much I love myself isn't your jam, then you probably wouldn't be listening. <laughs> I could feel a little shy though sometimes when I open my journal to read these. I'm like, wow, these are really, I'm just really talking about how much I love myself. <laughs> and I think there's a way that we can be shy as a culture about acknowledging that. And I'm curious about that. I'm curious about that shyness. Is it some form of trying to protect myself from people judging me? Oh, gosh. Do you really have to tell us how much you love yourself? Like, is that is that what it is? Is that where that shyness comes from? Perhaps there's a fear that I'm doing something wrong. Oh, no. Should I not be thinking about this so much? <laughs> oh, I'm so available for all those questions to live and and evolve. I really, what I do know is that these 365 self-love letters have brought me so much peace and have really catalyzed so many beautiful good things in my life. And so the outcome is... Uh, is very telling to me of the value of the process. And that's the cool thing about being able to look back and reflect. So, okay, <laughs> enough chit chat. I will read you this letter now. This is from July 28th of 2020, a Tuesday morning. <laughs> I'm so glad I love myself so much. These love letters feel easy in many ways. I'm curious to see how they evolve as the days pass and life experiences inspire me more and more. I can feel how I'm laying a sweet and strong foundation. It's an incremental process, one thin layer at a time, day after day, loving myself. What a pure and profound expression of love to show up consistently with care, day after day. Consistent care is a big part of my love language. It's what I like to receive, and it's what I like to give. I choose and celebrate consistent love in my life. How cool is that? So thinking about, you know, the ebb and flow but simultaneously the steadiness, the steadiness that in a way I feel like holds all of that ebb and flow. I really choose to remember that, to feel that. And I really choose to get out of my own way when it comes to these next few months and the creative, the creative journey I'm about to go on. I... I'm really open to being surprised. I'm open to being delighted by what I learn. And I 
you know, I feel like there's a way that writing a book can feel like, I don't know, like so self-important, you know, like, so like I'm writing a book because I have something to say that maybe other people want to read. And honestly, that's a whole thought process I've had with a podcast. Like there's a certain self-importance to it that I don't love necessarily. But rather than thinking of it as me and mine, my podcast, my book, all of that kind of over-identification with it, what feels truer to me and what feels better in my heart and my body is to see it all as more of a dance with the creative, with the divine, that I'm here I feel inspired to do this. So I'm going to listen to that inspiration. I'm going to follow through and I'm going to see what comes from that. And rather than see it as mine or anything that I can be deeply identified with, I choose to see it as something that I get the honor to experience, to witness, to participate in actively. It really does feel relational to me really does feel like like a dialogue and a dance and a co-creation so off I go wish me well (laughs) whenever you hear this um please (laughs) and um I think that's it for today I love thinking about all these themes I hope that these inspire you you know how can you play with this idea of being the vessel in your own life. Maybe there's already ways in your life that you do that. How can you value the incremental even more? And maybe there's already ways you do that too. How do you want to lean into being a lifelong learner? I imagine that if you're listening to this, you probably are a pretty curious person and you like learning because here I am just nerding out about all the things I'm learning. (laughs) Uh, if this podcast brings you joy, if you want more people to know about it, more people to feel any good feelings that you feel when you listen to this, please share. Please share it directly. Tell people about it. Word of mouth is so powerful. And on the more tech side, if you want to leave a review, if you want to mm, rate, subscribe on multiple platforms, write me an email. <laughs> You can do all those things. And my email address is lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. That's lovesignals, plural, podcast at gmail.com. I'm so grateful to all of you. I really am. Thank you for being here. I will close with our beloved phrase. There's so much love here for you. May you continue to feel it more and more every day, like the sun shining down on you or the rain, if it's raining where you are, may you feel all the love that's here for you, pressing up against your reality, holding you, supporting you. May you be well. Take care. <laughs>